Hi, everyone, and welcome to HGTV Obsessed, the weekly podcast about all things HGTV. I'm Marianne Canada, executive producer and HGTV.com lifestyle expert. And when I am not obsessively watching HGTV, you can find me making crafty videos for HGTV Handmade, gardening, cooking, or making a list of new projects we need to take on at my own house. Hang on, Marianne. Let me stop you right there. Um, This is Brad, the producer, by the way, in case anyone out there was wondering who's talking. Color me curious, but how much work have you guys had to do on that house? (laughs) Quite a lot, right? Well, it depends who you ask. If you ask my husband, he would say, too much. So for anyone who doesn't know, I bought my grandmother's house um, two years ago this week, actually. And it was in great shape. So it only needed like aesthetic updates. It was built in 1974 and it was a time capsule. So we did like, we got to do the fun renovations, like removing wallpaper and painting and updating lighting, but we didn't have to do any of the less fun stuff like replacing electrical and plumbing because I really hate spending so much money on things you don't even see. I saw that house and it's beautiful, but... I'm surprised the electrical was good. It was perfect. It was, this house was like immaculately maintained. My grandmother was like very type A about it. But Brad, you guys live in like a new build, right? You haven't, did you, have you done any renovations? Our house is like eight years old. Oh my God. We've, we've done nothing. I bought a lawnmower and it was the, the most that I've spent on this house so far. Knock on wood. I have never lived anywhere in my life that was new. I mean, even like my apartment in New York was older than any house I've ever owned. It was like kind of a um, classic Lower East Side apartment building. Anyway, I moved out of New York because I couldn't handle the big city life, which is the perfect segue to today's episode, which is all about small towns. We have kind of a shorter episode today, and it's fitting. Small towns, small episode. I'm talking to two couples who have tons of experience with renovations, restorations, and historic preservation. Today, we are like achieving a podcast bucket list item because we have Ben and Aaron Napier from hometown here to talk about small town living and their newest show, which is like the show most guaranteed to make you cry on HGTV, Hometown Takeover. And then I'm talking with another HGTV couple that live in a small town, Dave and Jenny Mars, all about their life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and their show Fixer to Fabulous. They also show up on Hometown Takeover. So we've just got like a real HGTV family effort happening on this episode. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know these couples even better and hear about the joys of small town life. So let's kick things off with my chat with Ben and Aaron Napier. Oh my goodness. I could not be more excited to have like HGTV royalty. Ben and Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hello. That still sounds so crazy We're to not hear. royalty to anybody. Just our names and like with HGTV still sounds weird. Sounds, yeah, it sounds kind of unbelievable. 
Still not used to it, huh? I mean, you only have three shows. <laughs> It'll sink in any day now. So I have to say, I have to address the biggest news you guys have going on. You know, I know you've got your show and everything, but I really want to congratulate you on the news that you're expecting another little girl. Yay! We are! Yay. Yes! We're very excited. Yeah, we have another little girl on the way. Congratulations. How does Helen feel about being a big sister? Well, we had a doctor's appointment this morning, and she asked if we would be bringing her sister home from it. So she's pretty psyched. And I had to say, nope, not yet. She's ready. Yeah. And she's very like... When my sister gets here, she can play with these toys, but not these because she's too little. And when my sister gets here, I will teach her how to eat strawberries because she won't know. But she won't have teeth yet. So I guess we'll have to wait on that. Yeah, the reality of a newborn is, is you know, maybe not quite as exciting. But that is so sweet. We're like, mostly, Helen, she's just going to sleep and cry. So there's going to be a big learning curve. I hope there won't be a lot of jealousy. That's... I want to be sure Helen always feels like she gets our attention and our time just as much. Yeah, I get that. I'm one of four. I'm the oldest of four. And I've got two and they are best friends. I've got a girl and a girl and a boy, but they're best buddies. I like stories like that. Thank you. Yeah, I can give you lots of positive stories. But I mean, I'm just in awe of you guys. Like you've got about to have two kids literally have three shows, two small businesses. And this may be this may be a dumb question, but like, how do you balance it all? Uh, I think there's no such thing as balance. You just say no to things. Yeah, we say no to a lot of things. I mean, you have we to have, have a, an amazing support system. I was going to say, yeah, we you have, gotta have grandmothers, and nannies and store managers. Store, that you our, trust. Yeah, our store, like, yeah, they run the world for us without all of our family. Maybe you've heard us talk about them before, but they're on the show. Um, it's just, it just takes a lot of people. That's the answer. The balance lies in lots of great, trustworthy, and skilled people. Yeah. I mean, that that's so wonderful that you have solid people you can trust. So let's take it back to 2016 when Hometown premiered and you all put your hometown of Laurel, Mississippi on the map. What were your thoughts when someone, I actually know that someone, when someone came to you with the idea of a show? So, well, it just felt like, well, that won't ever happen. It just felt, Ben had at that week, that day, that day, made a decision. A few hours earlier. That he was ready to leave student ministry, something he'd been doing for 10 years. And so for us, it really felt more like a sign from God, like... This is an affirmation. This you is are, an affirmation. You are following all the right Now, what would happen, we didn't know or anticipate in any way. Because she was also very clear that, like, most shows never happen. And yeah. we were like, oh, cool, okay, well, So yeah. don't get our hopes up. Got it. So we never... We still don't have our hopes up. <laughs> we still... We'll film an episode and still I have in the back of my mind, like, it might not air. They can always just decide to quit airing hometown. Yeah, that's why you're like, that's been our approach this whole time. You don't get your heart broken that way. It's true. But but guys, I think you're good. I think we like you. You never know. You don't you we don't know, know how those last. We got one more episode of season five. We don't know what the ratings will be like. But <laughs> at that same time, and RTR, the production company, they were all they've also always been very upfront about expectations. And realistic. You know, don't you know, just have fun with this. Because it could be over tomorrow. And we like approaching it that way. Whereas like, you know, this is a gift. We're going to ride it as long as we can. Yeah. And you guys are such, you know, vocal advocates for small towns in particular, especially Laurel, where you live. You know, what is it? 
for you that makes Laurel so special? Um, it's where she's from. Yeah. I mean, this is where my mama took me to the park on Fridays, and we would eat French fries at the picnic table. It's where I went to Pancake Day. It's where it's, we saw the Christmas parades. It's, it's traditions. It's uh, Where'd you grow up? Here in Knoxville. Okay, so you grew up in Knoxville, so you mm-hmm. probably went to a few volunteer games growing up. Oh, Sure orange and white, everything. Like, there are just traditions <laughs> that where you grow up, you have traditions there. Well, I moved around a lot. so He never had any roots to right. any place. My traditions are all locked within my family. It was things that we did. And so I never they're had... They're not attached to places. And they're not attached to places. I never, I never experienced that. And, I, like, I would live somewhere for a short period of time, and there would be a tradition there that I really liked, but then we would pick up and move. And so that tradition was over. Like I've been craving, I I lived, I went to high school in Reedsville, North Carolina, and they would do these Brunswick stew cookings where people would stay up all night cooking this stew. And I don't even remember if it was that good, but I've just been craving (laughs) it for the last couple of years because I can't have it anymore. Aaron grew up here and had those roots and had those traditions. And it felt good to be able to lock into something like that. Yeah, it's so special. No, I, I hear you 100%. I'm very, I mean, I bought my grandmother's house. Like, we are solidly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, solidly here. I want my mom and dad's house one day. Like, yeah, I'm just a sentimental person. And same. Well, and it's, it's something I just, we just did another interview and I talked about this. I was in New York City, or we were in New York City, walking down Fifth Avenue and a guy wearing a flat bill Yankees hat and glasses with tattoos everywhere. He, As he was passing me, he bumped me on the shoulder and said, hometown, I love your show. And it felt like this incredible moment that like this guy who's, you know, probably from Brooklyn or, or Jersey or New York, I don't know, but he, or Manhattan, I mean, and he, he liked our show. And Lindsay actually pointed out, I told her about it. And she said, well, everybody grew up somewhere. Everybody has a, you know, place that they call home and they all have this dream of being able to go back to it. Or of it being a successful place. It's so true. Which, I mean, is a perfect segue to your new show. I mean, you guys have branched out. You are leaving Laurel with your new show, Hometown Takeover. It's set in Wetumpka, Alabama. This might be one of the most heartwarming shows we've ever had on HGTV. Because you are giving this small town that is struggling, like so many small towns in America giving the whole town a makeover. And truly, you have this ambitious plan to bring it back to life. So what made Wetumpka stand out from other small towns? Because you guys had thousands of submissions. There were there were so many submissions. And honestly, like for Aaron and I, if it had been left to us, we'd still be trying to pick a town. They're all contenders. They were all so good. Like we saw so many videos and read about so many towns that we were glad that we didn't have to be the ones to pick it. It was something that the network did. Um, HGTV, you know, combed through. I don't know how many. There's thousands of videos and submissions. At one point, we were like, where will we end up? What if we end up, you know, having to go to like Oregon, you know, or Pennsylvania, like somewhere that would be hard to get to. And literally the the logistics of that are difficult because the nearest airport to us is two hours away. Oh, my gosh. And so if you assume we're going to go to a small town and one of wherever we're going, it's going to be two hours. It's going to be two hours from an airport, too. It's very the travel logistics became 
a real bear that we had to take into consideration. Sure. There's not exactly any direct flights. No. Out of Laurel. Laurel goes directly to Houston. Houston. And that's it. Ultimately, the network decided on Wetumpka, which we were really excited about because we had heard of it. And it was a place that we had wanted to visit because... Big Fish. It's my all-time favorite movie. Yes, the Big Fish House. I have seen it, and I saw um, a little a little sneak of the show. Somehow that movie was really under the radar for a lot of people, but it came out when we were in college, right before Ben and I met, and this is a story that I like. But he went on a date with another girl to see that movie before we met, and Ben loved it. And she was like, that was weird. And that's how we knew. <laughs> and you're like, I can't. I cannot. We have no future. Yeah. It was such a cool story and beautifully made. And so then when we started dating and Aaron was like, have you ever seen the movie Big Fish? I'm like, have I? Yeah, that's so special. So where do you even start when you're giving an entire town a makeover? Like, how do you, how do you set a goal? With the people. First, you start with your like city leaders and, and people who are really in the know about who are the people in your community who are working really hard on Wetumpka? Who are the people who are doing the most for the young people in Wetumpka? Who are the people who are the givers? Who are the volunteers? Who are the ones struggling but also working as hard as they can? What are the things that stand out to the people? What are the Where are the places that the people go or that they used to go? And like yeah. that, It was all about like the people of Wetumpka. We relied heavily on them to guide us in what the needs were because we didn't want to do projects that they didn't want. It would sure. be silly to go investing all of our time and energy into something that just didn't matter to them as a town. So the people of Wetumpka were just absolutely amazing and invaluable and 100% well, and part of the process. Because the, so we did we did six public spaces. You know, Some of them were – we did a restaurant. We did – you know, a barber shop, but then we also we did six houses for families, and it wouldn't have made sense to go and do houses for people who weren't already doing something for Watumka. When you watch hometown uh, here in Laurel, it's we're we're lucky if we get somebody who has a unique story. It's mostly about the house and about mm-hmm. you know, and then we we learn that person's. Story and sometimes you know it's somebody's retiring and they're, they want to move to a small town and sometimes it's somebody who does something incredible in this place and they want to come here and do it. But with Watumka, we focused on who is doing the most good here and how do we make that visual and how do we make that visual and how do we help them do that good? Yeah, and it was all about teaching a man to fish versus giving a man a fish. You know, Ben and I can only be there part-time because we're also working in Laurel all the time. And so the best way to do that is to basically just take them, our wealth of knowledge, everything we've learned in 10, 12 years of doing this in Laurel, and tell them, this is what worked for us. Apply that through the lens of Wetumpka and see what sticks. I love that. Now, I have to ask because I know small towns have a lot of wonderful things about them and they have a lot of very passionate community members. Was everyone, you know, receptive to the changes you were making? Because change is hard. Every town has a few sore heads, you know. Everybody that we spoke to loved it. <laughs> yeah. Every, every town in the world are, are going to have people who are resistant to change because change is scary. I'm resistant to change. Honestly, I'm a person who hates change. 
we felt like it was important to put these people at ease to say, we want to do what you want for your town, not what we think you need. And uh, once you could explain it that way and say, we're not coming in here to like shake things up and change everything that you love about Wetumpka. We want to keep everything that you love about it and fix what's wrong. If you can tell us what those things are. I love that. I think particularly since the pandemic, there has been this renewed interest in small town, in slower living. I know a lot of my friends in New York have left the city. Do you guys have any advice for someone who's looking to make a change to small town life? One would be the travel thing. Like if you work for a company where you can work from home, but every now and then you're going to have to fly to New York, think about that. (laughs) And be prepared to just drive a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. And uh, if you really love, you know, exotic food, like Thai food. So there is actually a Thai food restaurant. There is a Thai food restaurant in Wetumpka. In Wetumpka. The city of 6,500 people. Hey, there you go. Not in Laurel. If you love Thai food and you live in Laurel, you just need to learn to cook it. Yeah, that's what I always say. The things I miss about living in New York are my friends there and the food. Anything you want. I know you guys are crunched for time, but before we let you go, we couldn't let you leave without having you guys weigh in on one of our favorite segments called Defend the Trend, where we give you guys a trend and you weigh in on it. And so today we're talking about something that I think is probably triggering for you all. It's triggering for a lot of the HGTV audience, I can tell you that much. And that is painting over wood, whether it's woodwork in a house or furniture. You know, where do you guys land on this? Is it is it an expression of creativity or is it a cardinal sin? Uh, mostly cardinal sin, I think, is our camp. But I think that you have to take into account every unique situation. Yep. If it's a wood that season uh, so uh, season five, you the can always paint episode, poplar. That's Ben's rule. Yeah, poplar's okay to paint. <laughs> paint um, the poplar. But we did uh, Brooke and Robbie Jeffcoat's house, and there was a room that was all cypress ceiling walls. That's, that's a tough, tough, tough call. You because it make. was beautiful. But it yeah. just didn't... But it's also kind of a ponderosa in there. It it's, didn't match their lifestyle. didn't match them. We it, kept half of it. It's a personal choice. Yeah. There you go. Well, it is. It's so personal. With painting very, furniture. I, we just pretty much don't paint I furniture. I think that's a cardinal sin because if you want to paint it, go find one that's made out of something else Poplar. and then paint it. Yeah. Somebody yes, messaged exactly. me one time recently and they said... Uh, I have this buffet and it used to have trays that went in it. It was my grandmother's. And one of the trays was missing after she passed away. As you can see, it was really ugly. And then I painted it. And it was this beautiful, like, flamed mahogany piece. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. Like, multi-thousand dollars worth of furniture. And she asked if I could make a tray for it. And I didn't have time. And you didn't what I, even answer her email. What I wanted to be like was, you know, no, I will not make a tray for you, you Abuser. This is furniture <laughs> abuse. Oh, man, that really does. That that hurts a little bit. All right, Ben and Aaron, before we let you go, where can we follow you on social media, respectfully? And where can we watch all of your shows, Hometown, Hometown Takeover, and Hometown Ben's Workshop. All of our shows are on Discovery Plus on the HGTV oh. tab. And two of our shows are still on HGTV. Yes. And that has uh, been a, whew, people, people are, are very good. Oh, uh, 
People have a lot of thoughts about that. Yes, they, they do. do. Um, so we're on Twitter on Sundays, pretty much. We just tweet during the show. Yeah. But, but I'm Scotsman Co. Instagram's my number one. It's my what main is your squeeze. Twitter? Aaron. Aaron R. Napier. E-R-I-N-R Napier. Yeah. And then I'm Scotsman Co. And then on Instagram, I'm, I'm Scotsman.co. I'm Aaron Napier. One in. All right. Well, guys, um, this was truly a delight. You have been on our on the very top of our list to have on the podcast since day one. I hope you will come back. And I'm just so excited for you and your happy news. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. I have to say that from all of my years of working for HGTV, nothing gets people worked up more than painting wood furniture or wood trim. But I will confess that this house, again, built in 1974, this was not pretty wood trim. It was like fake cherry. It was so dark. And we painted every bit of trim in this house. I feel like I can't even confess that to Aaron and Ben, but I feel like they would support me because it was not pretty wood. You need to get ready for the hate mail. I wasn't uh, prepared to talk about gross wood. What 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 makes wood gross? This for this wood, it was the finish on it. It was just a very dated, very dark reddish brown um, stain, and it was so heavy. It made the house feel oppressively dark. And now everything is light and bright. And fresh. It sounds like this was the exception to the rule of never paint wood. Yeah, sometimes it's right. Anyway, I really want to take the focus off of painting my wood trim because I'm feeling like people are just flexing their hate mail fingers. And so let's move on to our second interview today because we have another inspiring couple that we're talking to, Dave and Jenny Mars from the HGTV show Fixer to Fabulous. These two are couple goals all day. I fell in love with them when I was watching their show and talking to them was just a dream. So let's get to it. Dave and Jenny, welcome to HGTV Obsessed. Um, We're all such big fans of yours and so excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. It's awesome. So you guys, for for anyone who doesn't know, you guys live in Bentonville, Arkansas with your five kids, your blueberry farm, and all of your animals, which just sounds so idyllic. It's like quintessential small town living. So what does a typical day in your life look like? Oh, that's funny. Is there a typical day is maybe the, the better question. No, it's just every day is is its own form of chaos. But typically, we take the kids in the morning. Dave actually takes them while I'm getting our littlest ready for the day. But take the kids to school. And then depending on what we have going that day, I mean, it's well, I guess I should say it starts with animals first, then the kids getting off to school. And then basically us just dispersing to stop and check in on all of our properties and projects. Um, Pretty much just kind of running all day. And then we have pretty much an activity. This is the season spring of all the activities. So we either have baseball or basketball 
or soccer or ballet every night. <laughs> and then, yeah, check the animals and yeah, so, I get mean, everyone to bed. We, Jenny and I, it's really nice when we're filming, like when we're filming reveals or walkthroughs because we actually get to spend time with each other. So typically, like I would take the kids to school and then Jenny was, would watch Luke and then I would leave and Jenny would go the other direction. And we, we talk after school when we, <laughs> when we pick the kids up. I think like a lot of families, it's just busy. We're getting ready. Berry season's coming up in June. So we're in the fields a little bit out there too, picking, you know, starting to get the fields ready for berries. So All that's another thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love picking blueberries. I want some like blueberry growing advice from you before we leave. You. I have I have some blueberry bushes. They're not doing great. I don't think I have them in the right spot. But before we before we go down that that path, I want to talk a little bit about your show, Fixer to Fabulous. It's all about restoring and preserving historic homes in and around your hometown of Bentonville. How did you guys get started in this? We, we own a building company that we've had since 2004. Jenny started working with me, like doing the design because I'm pretty terrible at it in 2010. And then, you know, this show, we, we tell the story a lot. We got a, an email from Carrie at the network asking if we would be interested in, you know, filming a sizzle reel for a show on HGTV. Jenny thought it was spam, deleted it. And then we actually had someone reach out to us and say, hey, a friend of mine works over at HGTV and she's going to be sending you an email. And so it started there and it was always, we thought it'd be cool to maybe try it. And so we gave it a shot, never thinking it would go anywhere. And it's just always been the next step. And here we are in season three. So we've been very blessed and we have a great community that will like, we get to highlight every day. And, you know, our family, even though it is busy and crazy and a mess, like it's, it's our family. It's a beautiful mess. So, you know, we get to talk about that. So I think we're pretty, we're pretty fortunate to be able to do all of those things. Well, and I have to say, I mean, I watch a lot of HGTV. It's literally my job now. You guys have such a lovely relationship. It's so delightful to watch you guys interact. You're so supportive of each other and your ideas. I mean, I don't know what it's like, you know, when the cameras are off, but I have to say it's just great to watch. But how do you guys balance your your marriage and working together and I mean, and five kids and renovating all these houses? I mean, I just I just want advice. People ask that a lot. I don't know how we do that. Well, I think with the kids, it's it's one day at a time. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the days creep by, but the years fly by that. And so we never had any intention of having five kids. But I mean, I, I know how that works. I don't know how we, we messed that up and didn't. <laughs> didn't figure it out at like number three. You know, here we are with five kids and I wouldn't change a, a no. minute of it. I always think that I definitely married up when I married Jenny. And so no. I think just making it work is taking one project at a time, doing one thing at a time and and doing that well, and then just moving on to the next thing. And so it's always just about like, what do we have to accomplish? And what do we have to get done today? I think intentionality too is a big thing that we try to focus on as a family. Like when we don't have something going on on a day, we're very intentional to figure out like, okay, how do we spend this day? You know, we could easily just waste it away and, you know, just do chores or do whatever. And sometimes you just have to step away from all of the stuff that is on our plates and just get away together as a family, whether it's just going for a walk or I don't know, just we just try to be intentional with our time because that's our greatest resource, right? And so at night, we oh, even though we have so much going on with the kids, their schedule literally is a full-time job. 
job keeping up with it. But we always try to have dinner together as a family and those kinds of things that are important, you know, and at the end of the day, that's the most important. So that's what we always prioritize and other things can fall off. And and Dave and I, I think, do a good job balancing each other. Sometimes we drive each other crazy, of course, because that's what married couples do. But like Dave, I get caught up in, in the details and Dave is more of the big picture thinker. And so I think our personalities, we've just always really balanced each other well, but we're also similar in that we like, we're always busy and we like to be busy and we like to have a million things going. And I think we thrive in chaos, so it just works. I don't know. I don't know if that's any advice, but... Well, and everything's you know. broken out. I mean, it's seasons of life, right? So, I mean, we're... Dave reminds me that a lot. I do. I like, <laughs> hey, this is, this is only a season. I mean, and we have so many friends that have older kids that, you know, just like enjoy this season because you're going to look back and you're going to long for that season where your kids were little and when you were crazy with sports. And so like, enjoy what you have. And even if it is busy, like it's a season of life. And I don't know, we like being busy. You know, I like to be doing something different every day. And Jenny, fortunately, is the same way. And so I don't know, maybe it's a, it's just a good fit for us that we have a lot going on. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't know what to do with myself if I'm not busy. I feel like something's wrong. And it is, it's good to remember, you know, they're all the good old days, right? Yes. You always look back on the past with, with some degree of fondness. I do think it's so telling that you guys renovate houses as, as part of your job together because that is, I mean, that is one of the number one things we hear is couples trying to take on renovations themselves and it can be a big stressor in a relationship. Do you guys remember the first home you renovated and like what have you learned since then? I will say it's very stressful when it's your own home. It's more stressful than when you're doing it for someone else because it's, you know, to me, it's always more stressful to do our own home. But yes, the first one so we had a like we we had a little home that we bought in in downtown Bentonville and this has been I don't know long long, long time ago but that was like the first major renovation that we mm-hmm. had and we were just so concerned about keeping this home looking exactly as it did and you know like preserving the historical aspects of it and I think that's great to do whenever you can but you know there's a lot of situations where you just can't. And at the end of the day, like the home needs to fit. And Jenny always says this, it needs to be a representation of your family. And so if that means that that you have to change out and you have to open up rooms and you have to change the design of the original layout of the house, it's it's just a house and it, it sticks and bricks. It's all, you know, it's always something that you can move around and then you can shift and make it fit your family. And so like, that's one of the first questions that we ask people now is what is the best way that this can fit and be a representation of your family? And even if that means taking away some of the historical nature of it or the way it it started, we try not to, but you just have to make it fit your family. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of you guys staying busy, on top of having your own show on HGTV, you're also guests on Hometown Takeover with the Napiers, who we're also talking to in this episode. It's great. This is like small town plus couple goals is like the whole theme of this episode. What did you guys help out with on the show? And I mean, did you were you just in love with working with Aaron and Ben? Yeah, that that project was so much fun. It really was. I think what was so great, we worked on um, one house and then one business. Um, it was the boutique and then a house for our family that is a foster family. 
And what was so cool about that whole project was the fact that we were able to tell stories. Like that's what we love is we love, like we just love hearing family stories and people's stories and, and everyone has a story, you know? And so the fact that they were able to really highlight the stories, I mean, it was very emotional. I feel like we cried a lot. Gosh, it was, it was emotional, but it was like, you, we just were rooting for these, for the business owner and the family that we worked with and for the whole town, because it really was like, you just want this town to just, I just can't wait to see what happens in 10 years from now, the way that this town has rallied around this project and how everyone was just so kind and so excited and so welcoming. And you just, I just can't wait to see like the ripple effect of this, this show and this project and what that, what happens, you know, to the, to the town and, yep. and the businesses downtown and um, the families that live there. So it was, it was really fun to be a part of. We got it from the first moment, like Ben and Aaron called us and said, Hey, we, w- we want you guys to be a part of this hometown renovation. And you could feel their excitement mm-hmm. in like, and it was infectious. Like this town, wait, to, just wait till you guys get there. You'll understand it when you get there. The whole town was rallied behind this project. And I grew up in a really small town in Colorado where you have the whole Friday night lights where the whole town supports the football team or supports sports. So there's just this community, this big community. And community is so important. I mean, especially with all this stuff that we're going through right now with COVID and not being able to be in community with each other, like to have an entire town rally around and support the whole television show. It was just, it was really powerful and it was really special to be a part of it. It is. It's special to watch. It might be one of the most purely heartwarming shows that I've ever seen on HGTV. You talk a little bit about growing up in a small town and, you know, obviously Ben and Aaron live in Laurel. You all live in Bentonville. Hometown Takeover is in Wetumpka, Alabama. You know, what are some things about small town living that you guys love? I think I, I love just, again, that sense of community where we are. Like, people really do help out. I mean, our neighbors, like they really, no matter, we've lived in several places in, around Bentonville, but we've always had amazing neighbors. I mean, you always, like, I just think of one time Dave was out of town and it was the middle of the night and I heard a weird noise outside and I called my neighbor and he came over at two in the morning and did a loop around our house. And, you know, I mean, like that's our town, but it's like, the fact that I, I could call at two in the morning, our right. neighbor, Mr. Bob, and say, I, I think I I heard something. I'm so sorry. Can you come look? And he did. And that's what I love is that there's this really this sense of like, we're all in this together, you know, life in general, like we're better when we are kind and if you wait, we wave at each other when we drive by. And I don't know, I just love that. That's my favorite thing is the people. Well, and I think it, I think it speaks to the towns like this. They speak to a, like a time gone past, like a time where when we, we weren't maybe in as much of a hurry and when we could sit out on our front porches and enjoy the company of those around us. And that's a lot of the allure to, you know, like some of these shows that are filmed in the small towns is people remember when they were young, when maybe there was, there weren't quite as many phones and there was a little bit more time to sit with other people. And so that community aspect, it's still here in Bentonville and you could feel it in Wetumpka. We've never been to Laurel, but I'm sure it's very similar there as well. I love it. Well, in addition to renovating homes and, you know, having a show on HGTV, you all have a a really thriving development business and have completed over 300 custom homes in and around Arkansas. So I have to ask, you know, do you guys find new builds or renovations more rewarding? 
So, I mean, I definitely, for me, the new builds, they keep the machine rolling. They keep the subcontractors on our jobs and they keep the business going. But the renovations for me are so much more impactful just because there's a there's always a story behind the renovation. You know, where a new build is just you're not stepping into a story. You're you're building something so the new story can begin. But we just came from a walkthrough. Just such an amazing story. And a lot of these homes, they've They've been through and they've seen a lot. And so to be a part of making them fit these families is just really special to me. And it's more of a challenge too, right? You have to really get creative sometimes because you have a footprint and you have to work within that. Um, like our house is over a hundred years old and it's small. And when we bought it or when we moved into it and renovated it the first time, we only had two kids and now there's five of them. <laughs> and so we had to really get, we have to get creative with space and how to utilize the space well. And I think that that's a challenge, but a good creative challenge. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I see renovating houses as like a puzzle that you have to figure out. And I enjoy that challenge. Speaking of, you know, figuring that out and figuring how to, you know, maximize the space that you're in. It makes me think of an episode of Fixer to Fabulous with that hidden wine cellar that went viral on TikTok. I mean, everybody just literally, it was like a mind blowing moment. How do you guys come up with these, you know, unique out of the box solutions for your clients? Ginny alluded to it a minute ago where we live in an old farmhouse that was built in 1903. And we have there's seven of us in, in this house. And so it's utilizing every single bit of space that we can find, whether it's under a staircase, whether it's in a closet, whether it's an old root cellar or basement that we can bring back to life. And so anywhere that we can find space and that, like you said, the puzzle of it, like I love puzzles. I love the the challenge of trying to figure out how we're going to make this house like best fit the family that we're renovating it for. And that one, I mean, it just unfolded really naturally. Like we found this old root cellar and we just knew we had to utilize that space somehow, but we couldn't, we really did, weren't able to figure out how do we get down there? Do we have to go outside? We didn't want to do that. We talked about cutting a hole basically in the living room to create a staircase, but then it was a really, it's a really small house. So that takes up space that we couldn't lose. We talked about hiding it under a coffee table. I mean, we basically just kind of went through all of the scenarios. And then as we were laying out what that space would look like, and then what the kitchen, how everything, it just made sense to put it in the kitchen. And then I think you came up with the idea of hiding it in the island, which was amazing. Our exec at HGTV, he always challenges us like, where is that MacGyver moment? Where is something that you can create this unique space? And so, you know, I think it's born out of a challenge. I love challenges too. And we try to make best use of the space that we can. And that one, it just worked out. I don't know how it worked out. It was a lot of late nights figuring it out, figuring out the (laughs) track system. Because, you know, I mean, that was a 600 pound piece of solid surface material on top of that that had to slide. And you can take your finger and push that thing and it slides open. It it turned out really good. But there were a lot of moments where we were wondering, how are we going to do this when that countertop or if that countertop won't actually slide? Well, it was a jaw dropping moment. And if everyone listening has not seen that, we will make sure to put a link to the video in the show notes at hgtv.com slash 
podcast. Well, Dave and Jenny, it's just so delightful to talk to you all. Where can everyone listening find you all and follow your work on social media? And where can we watch Fixer to Fabulous? So Fixer to Fabulous is on Discovery Plus now, the first two seasons. Social media, we're Jenny Mars on Instagram. Dave.Mars. Dave.Mars. And it's Mars with two R's. And don't forget, you can also find the Mars on Hometown Takeover, where they are pitching in with two pretty amazing and touching makeovers. I hope you guys will come back again soon. You guys have got to watch the TikTok of that hidden wine cellar. Like, it's... It's truly like a magic trick. I would take a wine cellar hidden or not, though. Like, I have no shame. Are you kidding me? I love a wine cellar. First of all, I'm just obsessed with the concept of secret hideouts. <laughs> but I would just stay down there every day. I'd take all my Zoom calls down there. <laughs> I'd work down there. I'd play down there. Put a little cot. I could sleep down there. Give it, give it a push. Oh, I think Madeline is on TikTok right now. Like, Madeline. <laughs> When I said you need to check TikTok, I didn't mean while we were recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Wasting no time, our other producer, Madeline, everybody. I'm watching right now. So you see how it just opens. Okay. I didn't know when you said hidden wine cellar under an island, I just thought you meant wine storage, just, you know, extra places for wine. But there's a complete cellar down there that you like step into with stone the whole thing it's crazy they took like when they first went down into that cellar and they were like we could turn this into something i was like you can barely stand up what are you talking about it's incredible okay this definitely lived up to the hype wow yes (laughs) there is a reason this went viral well madeline you should watch that whole episode because that house is so cute it's like very young the whole thing is pink it's really cute oh i think this would be so cool i want something like this but I don't really drink wine, um, but I really want to get into pickling so I could like pickle stuff and have all my jars down there. Oh, so it could be like your larder. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That was just the weirdest way to say that, though. Like, you're, I'm going to get into pickling. Like, I didn't, I was not ready for that. <laughs> Call it um, preserving. Okay. Preserving or like brining. It could double for that. Or I'm really into pottery. It could be a pottery room. Um, yeah, or a great, you know, intruder in the house, locked down in the cellar room. A panic room? Yeah, a panic room. Exactly. (laughs) It's the three P's. It's pickling, pottery, and panic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I watched a lot of Hometown Takeover and Fixer to Fabulous before these interviews. And let me tell you, I don't know if I'm just like extra emotional right now, but there were tears. These shows have so much heart. I loved getting to know these couples today. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Big thanks to both the Napiers and the Mars for coming on the podcast today and sharing their small town love with us. As usual, if you love today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. I need five stars across the board, guys, truly. 
I read every single review. Don't forget to follow HGTV Obsessed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And head over to hgtv.com slash podcast for the show notes on today's episode. We're going to definitely drop that hidden wine cellar in there. I'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye.